I pray you would allow the God of heaven to touch you in a, in a real way tonight. Amen. I want us to go to the book of 1 Timothy tonight. We was in 2 Timothy this morning. We'll be in 1 Timothy chapter 6. I was in this in the Sunday school. And I started the lesson this morning on Sunday school and I thought I'd come back and finish it next week. But instead, I'm probably going to try to do it tonight. There's some things tonight that we can have too much of. Some of, may, some of us tonight might have too much of what I'm going to preach on. There's some things tonight too that we'll have too little of. And uh, we'll seem together those things that we have too much of in the th instead of the things we have too little of. You'll understand that better when I get started. So we want to read tonight in 1 Timothy chapter number 6. Paul is the uh, writer. He's not the author. The Holy Ghost is, is the author. But Paul is trying to set Timothy's faith and getting him in the right shape to be a pastor. I believe you've done a good job from what I've read. But I want you to stand and we'll read together starting at verse number 6. Matter of fact, any one of these verses we could preach a little bit on. The Bible said in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 6, But godliness. Do you know what godliness is? Not godlessness, but godliness. And he said, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Amen. Great gain. Amen. So if something's got great gain, I want that, don't you? I need that. So I need to major on godliness and godliness will content you. You'll see that again here in just a minute. That's not what I'm preaching on. Verse 7 said, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. How many of you, how many of you have ever been at the funeral home? Viewing a body? And right before they closed the lid, they raised their hand and said, Excuse me, i got to get out and get something. Never happened, has it? All right. He said, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. If you carry anything with you, somebody will put it in there for you. Or you'll buy your casket and do it in the front of that. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith, what's that word? Content. Satisfied, glad to be, amen, where you are. And uh, he's talking about contentment and be content. And uh, Paul tells us whatsoever state we're in that we're to be content, right? right. Yeah. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Verse 10 said, For the love of money is the root of all evil. How much evil? All of it. All evil can be studied back and going back to the love of money. He, you, you can do it. You can find it. That's where it got started. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Means also that you cannot have any money. And sin. Because you have a love for it. 
Didn't say money was bad. Didn't say money was a sin. But the love for money. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after what? Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. You can be seated. Father, as we bow in your divine holy place, we thank you tonight, Lord, for giving us an opportunity to come back to the house of God one more time. Lord, thank you that we can worship you. Thank you for the songs that's been sung. Thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of God that we feel the presence of. I pray tonight, God, you'd open my lips and my mouth and open my mind and my heart and help me to receive the things of God through the Holy Ghost that I might preach it in the power and the purity of God. I pray tonight, God, you'd open stopped up ears tonight for the spiritual truth that we might hear the truth and the word of God tonight and may we call upon you and follow you and Lord the, the truths of it. We thank you for your goodness. Help us Lord to stand in the gap and try to make up the hedge of the days that we have left in these evil hours. We give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. I'm not going to take too much time on the first one tonight because I went through it in Sunday school. And if you didn't get that, uh, we, can, we can get you that information. Amen. And we're looking at this tonight. I believe we can have too much money. Amen. 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 You said, I ain't got too much. Amen. You're probably the one of the ones I'm talking to. Amen. Now, I'm sure if I said tonight... You can't or shouldn't have too much money. You're going to say, well, I just need enough to get me through you. I hope that's what you'd say. And I know I've looked at our offerings. I know most of you think we hadn't had too much. Amen. So I'm not preaching on tithing. You, you already supposed to be doing that. If you ain't, shame on you. And I pray that God will just touch your heart. I'm not questioning what you give, and I don't keep up with it. But I just know, amen, basically what we have. Sometimes I ask. Sometimes I'm told. I, 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 don't, I don't go around finding out who ties and all that stuff. It's not my business. God told you to do it. your job. It ain't mine. I've got to do what i got to do. You've got to do what you do. And we'll all stand before God. You can just argue with me if you want that. But hey, one of these days, it'll be your bank account God will judge. And it'll be my bank account God will judge. And God will talk about how, how and what I did. We'd have too much money. Somebody said, I don't believe that. Well, here's what the Lord says in verse 9. But they that will be rich, and God's not against you being rich. Abraham was a rich man. Job, to my standard, was a rich man. And God took everything Job had, but Job didn't turn on God. But he didn't get there because of his riches. He loved God first. And it's not wrong to have money. It is, it's wrong when you start putting your trust in your money. And uh, we find these people, but he said here, but they will... Uh, and they that will be rich fall into temptation. Temptation is a dangerous thing 
Well, you, but you know, I, saw, I know some don't have no money and they fall into the same temptations because it's a love for it. I know people that's working day and night just about it, several jobs just to get rich. And the rest of us is working day and night to try to stay alive. <laughs> Amen. And uh, we have to buy groceries, we have to do everything, and it's getting worse on that part, ain't it? Most of us are going to have to get richer somewhere or starve death. All right. It said... Temptation and a snare. You know what a snare is? It's a trap to get you. The devil will use finances in your life to get you there. And into many foolish and hurtful lusts. I know a lot of people that's going through a lot of money and uh, they just kept uh, messing up. When I was in South Carolina, we had a man, in, in, not in my church, but in a church from us there. He started a hardware store. And... Uh, when he got his hardware store started, he told the Lord, he is a saved man. He said, Lord, I'll give you 90% of what I make in my hardware store. And I'll live off of the 10%. God honored him. He had a lots of money. He gave, even on top of what he tied, he had a lot of money. His hardware grow, his store growed. It added to it. He kept building it and kept going. You can't outgive God. I'm just telling you, I've seen these things happen. I've seen God work in the finances. We're not going to stay there long tonight because I've been there once today already. We didn't have too much money. Number two, we didn't have too much power and authority. Did you know that? We've got people today that's in sports. I never have figured out yet how these people's in sports making million dollars and two million dollars or three million dollars a year to throw a piece of leather up and down the field. That don't sound real to me. But you look at them and what they do is they spend their substance on riotous living, alcohol, drugs, and uh, women... And many of them die at a young age. We talk about singers. We talk about people tonight that's in music, the music business. That's a bad business Amen. if right. it's not Christian music. Yeah. And I don't even like what they call some of it Christian music. Yeah. It's a contemporary. Yeah. Amen. Somebody, have you ever heard some gospel songs in our day now that you don't even know what they're saying? Right. Somebody said, I like rap music. Well, you ought to wrap it all up and take it and put it in the trash and get right. Somebody said, I like country music. Well, get out in the country and get you some music. Amen. Honky-tonky stuff. I said this morning, they'll come in singing, she left me last night and drive off singing, I'm on the road again. What in the world? Now, some of y'all ain't even been in country music. You don't know much about that. I'm glad you don't. But some of y'all probably, probably cause some of you to get out that stuff. Somebody said, I'm into rock music. That stuff needs rock thrown at you. Amen. You're just looking at that. Contemporary. We want the, the contemporary stuff. Can't, I can't understand it. Uh, can you just see these people? I, I, Max, matter of fact, yesterday I had to go to Cornelia. And I'm looking and looking. I, I thought my truck was having a problem. 
I was hearing something, and I'm a, I'm a looking around. I'm a listening to a preacher, and he wide open, and I'm a here, and I looked around, and I never did figure out who it was. But some of them cars, they was a shaking, rattling, and rolling. <laughs> never did figure out what's going on. Listen, we can have too much tonight, power and authority. And when I'm starting that, I'm thinking about these people tonight that. Uh, you know, got all these, hey, they lead everything. We've got, I, I want to talk about this a minute. This is an area that bothers me. I can't get uh, get enough preached on this. And it bothers me all day. I watched singers is trying to raise money for their radio station. And it's a Christian station. And it's a good Christian station. I watch it every day. Or don't watch it, but I listen to it. They just happen to have it. Uh, geared on video this week and you could see those singers and I heard some preachers preaching that I had never heard of well I had never heard them in public didn't see what they looked like but I was this week able to see them and I was blessed by them because they were straight, strong, stalwart very good preachers I love good preachers Amen you're on the top of the list there, Brother Burl. Amen. 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 I want to tell you, I'm not too crazy about some preachers. I'm crazy because of some of them. But I'm telling you, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing in the Word of God that all these sports players, business people, and leaders that are leading our land, supposedly, and they're off the wall. We've got too much power in certain areas. But I want to talk, we got too much power in Washington. Amen. We got too much power in the businesses. There are some things, I'll tell you right now, if I was a businessman, I wouldn't try to go to Clarksville and put me up a business. Everybody's going in there, they have to meet all the rules. I don't know why in the world I'm in the city except I married into a family that get the, got me the land. And my city taxes is higher than my county taxes. Amen, it is. And I don't even have trash pickup. I refused it. But I have to pay it. I went down there and I said, I want that trash bill took off of Can't do it. It's an ordinance. You, you live in the city, you've got to pay trash. Somebody asked me, I said, what do you get out of I don't have sewer. Got my own septic tank. Said, uh, what do you get? All I know is I got police protection. Now, that won't how good that is. But I'm in the city. And uh, they're getting the money. They keep it going up on me. And uh, I look at these things, and they got all that power and authority, and they tell you what you can do. Isn't that something to live in America, and they tell you what you can do with your own property? Somebody said, I don't like socialism. We've been under it for years. We're just getting stronger with it. It is. It's headed that way. Got these leaders. You got to do this. You got to do that. I'm like some of these kids, some of their parents. I, I, I don't like to be told what to do. Amen. But I have to listen. Well, I look at these things and see it, and I look at the leadership and see what I do see, and we got too much authority. A lot of people out. I read in the Bible, and the Bible says this. I remember 
uh, something just come to my mind that a young fella come home and uh, him and his wife was having problems, hadn't been married long. He got down to praying about his situation at home and and uh, he he decided he needed to go talk to his pastor and he went to talk to his pastor. He said, preacher, he said, I come to talk to you. He said, what about? He said, about my marital situation, status. He said, God wants me to preach. And said, uh, he also told me to divorce my wife. And this preacher said, wait, 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 wait. God ain't going to tell you to do that. He said, now, are you sure God wants you to preach? Oh, yeah, yeah, God wants me to preach. He said, I'll tell you what to do. You go home, go to that house, and you get it straightened out with her. You get it, since you know you done took a vow to God, you get ready to keep that vow, and you could be good to that woman, and you get things straight. Oh, she ain't going to do that. He said, then you got to get it straightened out. Before you get into the ministry. Old boy got upset and mad. And uh, of course he. You know what he done. He done what most Baptist people do. Took off up the road to another church. Found him a preacher's for it. That's what they're doing these days. Well. I don't know how it ever ended out. But I heard that story from a preacher. Thought it was pretty good. And I'm looking at these tonight and the preacher told him what he is talking to him. He said, you know what? The problem's not your wife. Said the problem is you are not the head of your house. He said, you go home and become the head of your house and lead that woman into what God wants you to do. There's something wrong with your spiritual life. And there's something wrong with her spiritual life. And both of you need to get that straightened out. Amen. Now I want to say this tonight. We've got too much authority in the wrong places. I was sitting today at the restaurant. i got a couple of witnesses in here. We were talking about the things of God. Just like I always do. I do that everywhere. I ain't going to stop it. And uh, so somebody heard us at the table. And a man sitting over right behind me over here. And his wife, I guess that's his wife. It might have been his Livian. I don't know. She's sitting right there. And uh, we was going, I guess we was loud. I don't know. Wasn't intending to be, but I'm loud. Amen. I wonder if anybody heard it. Yep. I am. You know why? God told me to be. Cry loud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Got my bow in mind. How about you? Amen. Well, she gets up and she comes over there. And uh, she said, You fellas look like. Intelligent fellas. When she said that, I'm saying to myself, she's full of the devil. You said, how do you know that? The devil always, before they chop your head off, brags on you. Take that to heart. 
And so I'm sitting there, and she starts. And some of the stuff I said, she didn't like. Oh, I hear you talking about the Bible and all that. And she got so mad, she's a... I thought she was going to have a heart attack right there. Amen. You know what her husband's doing? Sitting right over there, just lean back. He got up from the table and went and paid for the meal and went on outside and got in the truck waiting on her. You know what I'd have done if my wife had done that? I wish she was here tonight. She'd be nodding her head. I would have got her by the hand and drug her out of the place. I wouldn't have hurt her, but I'd have carried her out if I'd have had. She's a big woman, but buddy, I'd have tried her that night. Don't you believe I would? And I'd have went home, and brother, I wouldn't have, I've never touched my wife. Don't believe in men beating their wife or nothing like somebody. Some of these ladies said, uh, my, my first husband, he just beat me. Well, amen. I can't do nothing about that. Pretty sorry man to beat on his wife. But uh, I would have had a little conversation with her. I, I don't believe she would have ever wanted to do that again. And my wife has told me what she thought hundreds of times. But she didn't do it in the public. And she's told me what she thought hundreds of times. You ladies here know her. And she could be very, very convincing just like most women. But we've come to the time now that men won't take the domination and won't take uh, the place of their... Listen, you don't have to scream at a woman. You don't have to be mean to a woman. If she's good and you're good to her, I'll tell you, and she loves God and you love God, you can work it out. Amen. Your beans might be cold a few times. Am I right? I'm right on target. But I'm going to tell you something. A woman don't have a right. Well, I'm saying this. The reason I mentioned this woman today is this reason. Usually when you've got problems, and most of the time, 90% of the troubles you'll have in your church will be women. They'll always be the ones that speak up. They got the guts, I reckon. Because they're used to telling their husband at home, and he's a wimp. He probably got lace on his underwear. Amen. You say, I don't like all that. Well, ladies, let me just share something with you. Let's see where I want to go. Let's go to Genesis. I don't think I can go back any further than that. Can I go back any further than that? I think what we'll do is look in uh, chapter 2. I can go back one more chapter. But I think chapter 2 will do. Would you look with me tonight in verse number 18? The Bible said, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. What do you always hear people say about that? Make him a what? 
Help me. Or you got the right Bible tonight. If it's a King James Bible, it says help meet. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. The word help meet is mentioned twice in the Bible. Verse 18, we've read it, and also the next one is in verse number 20. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an help meet for him. There tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is a, a, a real difference between help meet and helpmate. Now most men look at their wife as a helpmate. That means she's a sex object. She is for him to get gratif- gratification to his flesh. The Bible says that the woman don't own the man and the man don't own the woman. And the man was made... Amen. The woman was made for the man and not the man for the woman. Got me? What is a help meet? If you look up the word help me, it means somebody that helps. See, before she got here, you had to, you had had to, of course, in the garden it didn't have that, but after the fall, it would have happened. The man had to wash the dishes. Cook the food, wash the clothes, have the babies. And you men think that they owe everything. Sit down. You got my supper ready yet? What about my clothes? What about, and when some men hear the babies at night crying, they punch her and said, He's awake. Everybody's wondering where I'm, going, where I'm going to. I know you are. We was married, had three kids. My wife and I took nights. When the baby got up in the middle of the night, if it was my night, I run and got the baby, or didn't run, but I went and got the baby, changed its diaper, got everything done, give it a formula, patted it on my back, get the hot air out of it so I could sleep. Next night is her night. We shared our kids. Now you men may not particularly care too much for that. You might not like my theology, but it's not mine. I believe she's a help meet. She's to help you. She's just not running around to gratify your flesh. That's a good blessing of it. But I want to tell you tonight, you're to love her. She's to love you. But she's not to command you. And if you ever allow that to happen, that's your problem. I don't believe a man has got a woman that's a wife to him that loves God would want him to mistreat her or 
would she like to mistreat him? I've seen this happen all over the country. These things right here is what tears up homes and marriages. This is what causes divorce. You know, if you honor the Bible, the divorce rate would be way down in America. It's way down now from what it used to be because they just shack up. And this old boy don't like it. I can't do nothing about it but preach it. And we're there because preachers won't preach it. They'll mess up their congregation. And I major on messing up a congregation. You know, I've been at the time a few times in my life and I wasn't comfortable with this book. When it goes to skin and hide and the blood goes to flowing. Amen. And that's not so bad, but when God puts that mercurochrome methylate and all that on it, that's when it kills me. Sometimes we get that bomb of Gilead and it don't feel good either. So I want to honor the Word of God. I got hung too long on this. We've got too many Jezebels in our homes. Too many weak-kneed men. Amen. You know, I'm at the place, Brother Burrow, right now in my life, that if they haul the preacher off to jail for preaching the Word of God... I'm wondering now how many men in the church would stand with the preacher or hide from the preacher. You'd be an exit stage left for a lot of them. Listen, I'm at the place where I hadn't seen too many men that'll take a stand on anything. There are some. I believe we've got some here. I'm afraid we don't have enough. Said so preacher, that's tough stuff. Yep, got to get tough with it. So we get too much power in the wrong places. Jezebel show up. Delilahs show up. Where was old Delilah when they took him away? She is tickled. Now, too many wimps, too many dominant women. Ladies, if you're right with God, you will only love God and live for God and stay with the Word of God. You'll be good and kind to that man and you won't give him any trouble when he's trying to tell you what to do. Now, I know tonight you can give him some good advice. My wife gave me a lot of good advice. Sometimes I hated to admit it, but she was more right than I was. She's not here. I can tell her that tonight. Can't you say that, Brother Burrow? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Amen. All right. Number three, we have too many possessions. Too many possessions can mess up your heart as well as too much money, too much authority. I know people right now got more cars than they'll ever drive, got more junk and stuff. They think it's in possessions. Houses and lands and all that stuff. And I'm just going to touch on these a little bit. They do that and uh, you can get in trouble having too many possessions. Oh, yeah. You can't drive but one car. 
Got four or five lawnmowers you can't use but one at a time unless you're in a business like they are back there. You understand? That's right. I, I believe we can have too many possessions that take our mind away from God. It's things. I want to go out to my garage and look at my things. You men ever done that? I know you have. I ain't going to have to ask you. You don't have to tell me. Men got things. Ladies do the same thing. They look at their, all their little fancy things and their doodads that they got. My wife used to put a lot of doodads on the wall. And I'd say, why in the world she want to put that up there? It's going to fall off one of these days. You move off and leave it. Well, too many possessions. I'll tell you something else you have too much of. Have too much education. Now this will probably knock you in the head. Oh, no. I've always said, more education got better off you are. I've said that for years and years and years until I found out something. The other night, I was listening to a man. They showed him on the screen. I was watching him preach. Old man. I guess he must have been close to 75, 80 or more. They called on to preach. He's been pastoring for 50 years. And he got up and they said, Preacher, preach. And he got up and he said, Well, good to be here tonight. Sure do appreciate the opportunity. And uh, he said, I'll ask my wife to come up here beside me. She's going to read my scripture for me. I figured in he must not be able to read. Come to find out that's right. And she read the verse of Scripture. He said, all right, you can sit down. And he cut loose to preaching. And he preached. And he preached. And he preached. And I'm sitting there saying, amen. Amen. Digging deep down in my heart. Amen. And in a few minutes, he had me on my knees in my floor. Tears running out my eyes and my heart being troubled and hurt and torn all to pieces because God from heaven was speaking to my soul. When he went off, the preachers in charge there said, he don't know, the reason his wife read his scripture is he don't know how to read nor write. Not I heard somebody say, "Oh, he ought to go to college." When, they, when I first started preaching, that's what everybody told. You got to go to college. You got to go to Bible college. And I, and I went to the first church I went to, and little old outfit come running up to me about that far an aisle right there, and he said, "Where you been to college?" I said, "I've been to Bush College." He said, "Bush College. Where's that?" I said, out in the woods under a bush. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get that church. I was just trial, had a trial run. But they got me. I went down and stayed a long time. God blessed it. And then God gave me some college and I appreciate that tonight. But we've got so many people that's so smart. You know what the Bible says about that? Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
Some folks are so smart. They come out of college, and I said this other day, they get them a dictionary and a concordance, and they look up these words, and I can do the same thing. I do it. And uh, they talk about the Greek and the Hebrew. I got to where I don't even, I hear one preacher talk about, that's a Greek word so-and-so. I hear another over here saying the Greek word says this. The Hebrew says this. And I done heard three that's got different answers. And I heard one the other day preaching on Matthew 24. And he said, uh, he said uh, in uh, that word world. If you look up the word world in chapter 24 of Revelation. It's got three different ones. I preached on them here. It's got three different meanings. One's the age. Amen. One's the, the physical earth. You can just look at them. And they carry them three different meanings depending on where it's at. And these people get them words and they make they impress you by going to the dictionary. And if they want their words to start with A, they just start flipping through. Have you ever heard these preachers said? Point one is abundant. And they find scriptures that will fit abundant. Abundant something. They'll start it with another word. And they got three points usually. That's called alliterated preaching. But how long does it take you to find that? You're dead as Tom's turkey, brother, by the time you get all that alliteration stuff. I went back and listened to the old preachers way back yonder. They didn't sit down and organize their little old sermons, point one, point two, point three. They just got up and do what I do, preach. What did God say? Preach the alliterated sermons. I missed it, didn't I? Didn't say nothing like it. He said, preach the word. We preached on that this morning. All right? I'm telling you. I see this. Well, well, well. That's what the Bible says. We're too smart for God sometimes. I know preachers that they explain salvation a different way than I do. And I know good and well they're wrong. Salvation is by grace through faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Plus nothing, minus nothing. And if you add anything to it, you're wrong. But they put all this in there and have you so confused. You ever listen to preachers? They got through you. When you get through, the, you don't know them three, three titles that they give. You done got all that mixed up. And what they're doing is getting you on certain subjects. They'll work a long time. And the word that they're using is not even in the Scripture. So preacher, what's wrong with you? I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Amen. And uh, they, they've impressed. Pre preachers that preach like that, they impress people. It, it's not too much... When you look at a man and say, without the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your sin and without repentance from your heart, you will die and go to hell. Now, I don't know how to say that in a nice way. That old preacher preached that to me. He didn't have no tack about it. You see, I didn't been run off from the church. I've been run off about three times. I heard a preacher say one time, these pre preachers that get run off. And then I heard another come along and said, if he ain't been run off two or three times, he ain't much punkin'. 
I forgot who it was, but I sure did like him. And they looked at me one day and said, Preacher, they're going to vote me out. Said, you preach too long. You preach too loud. You move around too much. And you have no tack. I still preach loud. Sometimes still preach long. I used to move around. I don't do that anymore. I can't. And I don't have no tack. I don't know how to do I don't know how to change that. But can you can you tell a man now look, you know, said you've got to consider this thing out about the Lord and there's a place called heaven, there's a place downstairs that you don't want to go to. And so you know you've got to change your ways. You got a few things that you must do. And uh, I can tell you about all that if, if you're interested. Old fellow went down to knock on a feller's door and he'd been to his door several times and he come to the door and he said, I come to tell you about the Lord one more time. He said, well, preacher, go ahead. He said, you ain't listened to me before. And I don't think you're going to listen to me tonight. So I'm going to approach this thing a different way. I do know that I've told you about the Lord. I do know I've told you about the blood of Christ. I do know that I've told you about repenting. I do know that I've told you that you need to call upon the Lord. But this time I'm going to tell you that if you want to go to hell, help help yourself. And the next time you fry a sausage, watch it a popping and a cracking and a sizzling in the pan and just remind yourself that's what you're going to be one of these days. Preacher walked off and went down the road. It wasn't about two or three days that he got a call from that man. He said, Preacher, I can't get that sausage off my mind. Will you get back over here? He got saved. I want you to know it's not an easy thing to tell a man or a woman they're going to hell. But you have to do it. Let me just give you the rest of the outline that God gave me this scene. There, we can have too much pride. That's one of the things that's ruined our nation. You can have not enough, and I'm going to give you the things you don't have enough of. You can't have too much God. Anybody in here think you've got too much God? And if you do, you'll be the first one you'll be at the altar. You can't have too much righteousness, right living. You can't have too much faith. You can't have too much Bible. You can't have too much of the Spirit of God. You can't have too much prayer. And I know you could add a bunch more things to that, but that's enough. Amen. We'll just go on that note. I appreciate you tonight. Thank you for coming to the house of the Lord. But we've got a lot of too much of stuff, haven't we? You know where our minds are? On things of this world and not on things above. We're more interested in getting more cars, more houses, higher job, big paying jobs. Yeah. I can just see some of you ladies now. Uh, your husband comes home and said, you know what? They just give me $2,000 more a, 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 a year in, in salary. And she said, whoo! We can build us a 
gymnasium or something. Buy us another car. Well, I was thinking about buying a new rifle. I've heard this kind of stuff all my life. So they're getting a war over that. Instead of saying, hey, glory to God, I, I can give some more to God's work. Come on. <laughs> we'll just hush right there. I know it's a little tough, but I'm telling you tonight. This is a little bit different than what I've been preaching anyhow, so I've got you off of some of the other subjects. I want you to stand. May tonight God talk to you. May you listen to Him. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to line up this book or we're going to get in trouble. I said we have to line up this book or we're going to get in trouble. You cannot ignore God's Word and have blessings. I mean, you can't leave off just a little bit. Lord, I know you don't mean all that. So I, I'll cut out some of that. I won't smoke as much as I used to smoke. I won't cuss as much as I used to cuss. Amen. Why can't you just give it all up? That's what God wants. What's the number? 307. 307 in the red book.